What's going on, Element Church? How you guys doing this morning? Okay, we can get a lot better than that. How you guys doing this morning? There we go. A little hand clap, a little woo. Church don't have to be a place where we're dead. Um, we need to be loud. We need to enjoy the fact that we get to do church today. Uh, in case you haven't figured it out, if it's your first time, uh, my name is not Josh Bradley. I'm not the lead pastor here at Element Church. He and his small group is actually on a trip that they take every year to the mountains, and he kind of asked me to fill his uh, shoes this morning, so I'm going to try my best to do that. But my name is Chris Moore. I'm the family pastor here. I get to run around with all of your kids on Sunday mornings and then get to hang out with your teenagers on Wednesday nights. Uh, we really love what we get to do here. Um, if it's your first time, I, I, I really want to just say thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your morning on Sunday morning to come here and hang out with us. It means the world to us that out of all the churches and all the places that you could be on Sundays, you choose to come and hang out here with us. And we just want to say thank you for that. But we're in the middle of this Jesus Changes Everything series. And if you've been here over the past couple of weeks and you've really, really, really enjoyed this series, raise your hand for me. Mm, that is awesome. That is awesome. If you haven't been here, don't worry. I'm going to kind of give you a quick rundown recap of where we've been and where we're at right now. But week one of Jesus Changes Everything was about how we have a tendency in our language, in our how, the way that we think, that, that we say that we would be happy, our lives would be better if we had Jesus and blank. We tend to do that a lot of the times. I, I would be so much happier. I would have so much more peace if I had Jesus and money. I would have so much more peace in my life if I had Jesus and whatever. And we kind of look through scripture and we realize that Jesus is not only the beginning and the ending, but he's everything in between. And we don't need a Jesus and we need a Jesus only in our lives. Right. That was week one and how Jesus begins to change the way that we think, because we think that this um, we believe that this series right here can fundamentally change the way that you think and the way that you operate and how you operate your life by letting Jesus come in and change. Last week, uh, we talked about hiding ourselves in Jesus. We're in Woodruff, and a lot of people like to hunt around here. So think of it this way. We talked about camouflage last week. Right. We talked about Jesus being our camouflage, how we hide ourselves in Jesus. And the more that we see Jesus clearly, the more that we see who Jesus really is, the more that our attitudes and our attributes begin to be like him. Right. He begins to change us from the inside out. And all of a sudden we are image bearing Jesus like we have never before. So that was last week. Today, we're going to kind of go a different direction. Um, Josh asked me to talk about how Jesus changes the way that we serve, how Jesus changes our viewpoint on serving. And it's pretty cool because this is kind of my niche, right? This is what I love to do. I love investing in people and teaching them how to serve. That's my passion. This is why I love what I get to do on Sunday mornings. The team of people right now that is on that back hallway chasing around your kids, you're going to hear them in a minute. It's going to start bumping through the walls. That means they're back there. They're dancing. They're enjoying themselves. They're having fun. And it's really, really cool. But I love investing in people like that. I love raising up leaders. It's one of my passions. On, on Wednesday nights, if you have a teenager that comes and hang out, hangs out, out at Evolve. I love 
my team that I get to serve with. Right? I, I love my team. It's my passion in my life to serve. We got to hang out this morning in the parking lot, me and a buddy of mine, and, and just smile and, and say hey to everybody as they walk through the doors. And man, welcome to Element Church. We're so grateful that you are here. How awesome is it that if it's a first-timer, if you're a first-timer when you got out of your car this morning, that you were greeted with somebody with a smile on their face? And you came in and you were able to get some coffee and some donuts and you were able to go to the EK if you had a kid to check in. And we had some ladies over there who were smiling and trying to get your story. And then you got volunteers back there right now, even though they they may not get it and they're overwhelmed. They're back there chasing some snotty-nosed kids around because it's what they love to do. And I got to thinking about that when it came to this idea of serving. That's not what was pushed into me growing up in my home church. As a matter of fact, serving was something that really, really, really pushed people away where I come from. Then it then it drew them in. Right. It, it pushed people away because my church, my home church did an awesome job. Of making serving all about them and not about Jesus. That's how my my, my church did a really, really, really good job. Of that. If you don't believe me, and this is not, this next little bit is not me making fun if you come from a traditional church. This is me talking about my personal experience and how I grew up. If you guys would, we're gonna go through these slides right here. Some opportunities to serve in my home church. Hot dog sale. Hot dog sale. This was a way that they, they drew the guys in because if you're a guy and they talk about a grill, they got you hooked. Right? They got you. We're having a hot dog sale and all the money's going to go for our relay for life team. And we need some guys to come in with a grill. And what guy in their, his right mind is not going to say, yep, I've got a grill at the house. Sign me up for that. You know, we, we had this idea and this train of thought. What's next? Yard sale. Yard sale. Yeah. This is how we encourage people to clean out their mess in their house. Right? I know you got some junk in the house. I know you, you got something that you, it's been in the closet for years and the church could really use it. We're gonna have a yard sale and this money for this yard sale is gonna go for the benevolence fund. Right? It's gonna go for when somebody in the church dies, we're gonna have money set in this account and we're gonna be able to go out and buy them food and stuff like that. This was an opportunity to serve growing up. What's next? Building and grounds committee. Hmm. Hmm. Building and Grounds Committee. This was another opportunity for guys to sit around the table and talk about what we're going to invest our money in. Are we really going to cut the grass or are we going to fix a hole in the roof? And then they would go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. No, we got to get the grass cut and the cemetery cut. No, 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 we got a leak in the roof. And so they would go back and forth and back and forth. And all of a sudden you would have people looking mad coming out of meetings when it talked about how we're going to serve the church. What's next? Awana program. How many of you guys remember Awana program? Anybody? Yep, we got some hands. Awesome. Awana program. What was so funny to me about our Awana program is every night that we had Awana, the volunteers would leave looking like they had been doing this the whole time. Like they're about to pull their hair out. Because they, all these kids, and they, they just signed up because they, they felt like they were needed, but they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. And then all these kids show up and they're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? 
What did I get myself into? What's next? Interpretive dance team. <laughs> How many of you guys had an interpretive dance team in your home church? There you go. This was a team that I was actually on growing up. This was a, this was a team that I would, we would show up and we, I think we, we learned every cast and crown song that there was out there. But all of a sudden the music would play, who am I? That the Lord And I'd be like, I look like I'm doing yoga. Y'all know what I'm saying? And then people would, people would be out in the audience and, I'm like, do y'all see what I'm doing? I'm white. And I have no rhythm, and I can't move. Like, I look like a robot when I'm trying to flow, right? And I wouldn't know, like, I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing, but people would sign up to serve. And it would be so, so funny, right? We had people dressing up to to be Jesus, and then we would walk around, you know, walk down the aisle, and then you'd have people on stage. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Y'all know what I'm talking about? We would have that. It's an opportunity to serve. What's next? What's next? This is the last one. Oh, church business meetings. This was a way for the church to get everybody involved in serving. Because there were strategically placed business meetings at the end of the service. Pastor would get up and he'd be like, all right, Lord, we thank you for today. Amen. Then the chairman of deacons. We're going to call this meeting to order. And then you're sitting out in the audience. You're like, what in the world just happened? Like, I thought I was going home. And dude man just got up and said, we're going to call this meeting to order. And then they would get up there. First order of business is we're going to, we got $2,000. Now, we can either do this with it or do that with it. And then what's so funny is after a little bit, you, you strategically had a plan on how to get out of the service without anybody seeing you. Right? I would look over at, at my friends and stuff. I'd be like, hey. I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom. About two minutes later, you get up and come on to the bathroom with me. We're going to get lunch. We're gonna, we, ain't, we ain't waiting because Pizza Hut going to be closed. You know, we, we got to get up out of here. We got to go. And so, or, or you would do what I did sometimes. Sometimes I would sit through the business meeting just because it, I thought it was funny to hear people argue, right? Preacher just got up there and talked about Jesus. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants you to serve and be a part of his life. Amen. And then you would have all these back and forth, back and forth. This even gave the first timers an opportunity to serve because they're vote counted. Your first time in the church and and you you could disorder like and then they would they would do something and we're we're going to bring a motion for this. Do I have do I have a motion? Do I have a second? All right, a second, a second. Now, all in favor, please raise your right hand. And I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, right? I would start counting to see how many hands were in the air. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's not the majority. I'm going to wait till the next one. How many opposed? Okay, motion failed. We're going going on to the next order of business. You know what I'm saying? Like, we would do whatever we could to try... To get out of that, if I'm tracking with you and you know what I'm talking about, just nod your head for me. Just nod your head. Yeah, yeah. You're tracking, you're laughing, you know, because it's true. 
It's true for you guys. Most of you come to Element because we don't do any of that. You you came to this church because you were so fed up of, of all the fussing and all the fighting and all the people being mad all the time and, and all that. And we don't we don't have business meetings after church or after church. Josh doesn't pray and then chairman of deacons come up here and we, we like hook y'all and then we motion second, let's go. We don't do any of that. Right? Most of you guys remember this growing up. Most of you guys remember the people serving, the greeters at the door looking mad. Because what would happen in the church is that 10% of the people would do 90% of the work and the 10% of the people would get burnt out. And all of a sudden, they would, they would walk around and they would look mad all the time, frustrated all the time. And so you would go in, in, the, in the church or up to the church and they would open the door, but they wouldn't talk to you. They, Maybe nod the head a little bit. Or some, sometimes you would have people who were serving but didn't know why they were serving. Well, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's going on. They, they asked me for the help and I said, yeah, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And all of a sudden we're standing here and we have no idea why we're doing what we're doing. It's the same thing. You have people coming up to get coffee and donuts in the church and everybody's in a holy huddle talking about how this is all about them. And they're not focused on the people outside the church coming inside the church because it's all about the mindset of what they're doing. Right. It's all about this is what I'm doing. I'm serving. We got coffee and we got donuts and I got it set out. And now that it's set out, I don't have anything else to do. So we're going to get together and we're going to talk. And all these people who come in the doors for the first time aren't going to get greeted, aren't going to get spoken to. And then we wonder why they never come back. You have kids, like people serving your kids on the back hallway. And they would be so frustrated. So frustrated. So, so, so frustrated. They would start snapping at kids. This is, this, again, this is my experience and how I grew up in church. They would start snapping at kids. They would start talking about how frustrated they are because it's two of them and it's 20 kids and I'm sick and tired of chasing around some snotty those kids with no manners. I'm going to teach them some manners. I remember deacons meetings growing up. I remember this deacons meeting. I was at the church building and this one deacon said something to this other deacon and this other deacon came around the table and punched out this other deacon. I'm like, what in the world just happened? Y'all supposed to be serving the church. Y'all supposed to be doing what you can do to be leaders in the church. And all of a sudden, because you and you disagree, it's okay to come around and punch somebody in the face because you don't really understand why you're doing what you're doing. And, and my heart this morning, our heart for this morning is that Jesus ultimately changes how you view serving. That's what I want for you guys. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for, for everybody in this church. And that happens when we see Jesus clearly. This is where we're going today. They're going to put this up with... Once we see who Jesus is, we no longer serve him out of obligation for what he's done, but in a response to who he is. Because this is something else that my, my, my church did growing up. And if you're being really, really, really honest with yourself, this is how the church pushes serving too. If you serve, Jesus loves you more. If you serve, Jesus loves you more. 
He's going to pat you on the back at the end of the day and say, job well done. That was awesome. And then you can stand in the back and in the corner and you can point out and go, ha, 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 Jesus loves me more because I served some coffee and donuts and you just showed up and sat in a pew. That's how we pushed serving where I was growing up. But this morning, I want Jesus, I want you to see Jesus so clearly that you cannot walk away with your idea of serving being the same way it was when you came in the doors. I want that for you. And so, some of you guys sitting in here, you don't serve. And hey, check this out. Check this out. That is awesome. This is not only falls inside the church. This talks about how you serve your wife, how you serve your family, how you serve your work, how you serve everything. But where we're going to land is we're going to talk about the church. So at the end of the day, I want you to understand that you don't serve. We don't serve because we feel obligated to. We serve because of who Jesus is in our life. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. If you didn't bring a Bible, don't worry about it. It's going to be up on it. Boom, there it is. You can just follow along as I read. It says, Now as they went... On their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are so you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, what's about to happen. Thank you for what you're about to say uh, to us through through your word. Lord, help us open our minds to what we're about to teach. Help, help everyone in the room to be receptive and to be open to the fact that once we see you for who you are, it changes everything about our outlook on how we serve. So in your name we pray. Amen. So Luke 10, 39 through 42, put that on the back burner. We're going to come back to it. I promise you we're going to get back there. But the entire chapter of Luke 10 is all about Jesus changing people's minds and Jesus changing people's perception on what serving really is. In the very first, in the first two verses of Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out 72. Right. He sends out 72, two by two in each city that he's going to be um, walking through, that he's going to be teaching in. He sends them out two by two and he gives them some instructions. If you go to a city and they don't welcome you, dust the feet off your shoe. Keep on going. If you come to a city and they welcome you, go in their house, eat their food, enjoy it, have fun and then go on about your business. And so they did this. Right. The 72 went out and then the 72 returned. And when they returned, their perception of what they were able to do or what they were or what they did changed completely. They came back to Jesus and they were like, Jesus, you will not believe what I was able to do. You will not believe it. I was able to cast out demons in your name. You, you won't believe what I was able to do. And they kept going, I, 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 me, me, me. And Jesus was like, ho, 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 pump the brakes. 
You don't need to rejoice in the fact that you can cast out demons. You don't need to rejoice in the fact of what you're doing. You need to rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the book of life. This is what Jesus' response to them was because they thought it was all about me. Jesus, look what I was able to do. Look what I was able to do. And Jesus was like, no, no, no. You don't need to rejoice in what you're able to do. You need to rejoice in who I am and the fact that I went to the cross. I'm going to the cross and you are going to spend eternal life with me. And he goes on to the next story, right? There's a lawyer who comes up to him and the lawyer is like, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you know what the law says? Do what the law says. And the lawyer looks at Jesus and he's like, but, but I've done that. I've done everything that the law has commanded me to do. I've done everything on my own. Like, look what I've done. And Jesus begins to tell him a story about the Good Samaritan. Most of you have read that before, but about this guy on the side of the road and these three people who pass him. And Jesus was like, okay, this is what's going on. Like, one of them shows him mercy and then he goes down to the bottom. He's like, which one do you think you should do? Like, who do you think you should be in this story? And the lawyer says, well, I I should be the one who goes and shows mercy to the people. And then Jesus looks at him. He says, well, quit talking about it and be about it. Go do it. You see, the lawyer thought that everything that he was able to do rested on his shoulders. Like, Jesus, I was able to follow the law. Look at what I've been able to do to do now now because i've been able to do this jesus do you mean that that this gives me eternal life because if so that is awesome because i've accomplished what you told me to accomplish and jesus looks at him and says no 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 you still don't get it it's not about what you're able to do it's about what i do for you and showing you mercy now go and do it to other people and then you get to mary and martha Right, ladies, this is going to track with you guys. If, when you know somebody's coming over your house, how clean does it have to be? When you know you're going to have company, how clean does your house have to be? I mean, you're washing dishes, you're putting dishes up, you're putting clothes in closets and shutting them and saying do not disturb on the door like don't open this door you're doing whatever you need to do to make your house appealing well it says jesus came through town and martha said why don't you come into my house and when jesus came in martha was distracted with much serving i gotta i gotta make sure the house is clean i gotta make sure that the food's done i gotta make sure that jesus has something to drink i gotta do this and i gotta do that and i gotta do this and i gotta do that and then she looked over and she saw her sister Just sitting there. Just sitting there. How frustrated would you be? Right? If you're sitting there, and and I've been here before, right? I'm I'm trying to get my house clean. I'm washing dishes, and I'm cooking, and I'm doing all this. And and just for instance, my five-year-old, Layla, who's back there in EK right now, she, she knows that her room needs to be clean. Right? The bed's messed up, clothes are everywhere. And I look at her, and I'm like, baby, go clean your room. And she's focused on playing on her tablet. Right? She's playing Subway Surfer and she's going. She ain't paying me no attention. And I, I, I give it a minute and I, I continue to clean. I continue to fix the food. And then I look at Layla and I'm like, Layla, go clean your room. And she ignores me again. She just sits there. Now, I'm not going to lie. I, there, there's times to where I go up and I, I take the tablet from her. And then I'm like, 
Baby, you're not getting this tablet again until you do what I ask you to do. And then she'll get up and serve. But how many of you in your house, if you know that something needs to be done and you're sitting here, you're working with everything that you have, you're sweating all like over everything that you're doing and you look around and somebody's sitting there watching TV. You're shaking your heads. I see you. Yeah. You're shaking. You, you're frustrated. Martha was frustrated in this moment. Jesus, look at what I'm doing. Look at everything that I'm doing for you. I'm cooking and I'm cleaning and I'm making sure that your drink is refilled and I'm, I'm doing all these things. But look at Mary. Look at Mary. I look over and she's just sitting there. Does it not bother you, Jesus? And Jesus, Jesus responds. I don't think Jesus says, I don't think the Bible says Martha names twi- Martha's name twice for, for no reason, right? I believe that she was so frustrated. And so irritated, she just went on this rant for Jesus. And Jesus had to be like, Martha, Martha. Mary has chosen what is good. I'm not going to take that away from her. She's chosen what is good. And you guys, you feel the same way a lot of the times. Jesus You see me showing up every Sunday and I'm opening the doors and I'm serving coffee and I'm serving donuts. And we got 400 people showing up for church and only 70 serving. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Why is nobody else involved? Why am I the only one who shows up on a consistent basis? And before long, our mindset is set on the fact that this church will fall apart without us. Because the 10% do the 90%, and then the 10% get frustrated, get spread thin, get worn out, and they make it all about them. I love the fact that next Sunday, I'm not going to be in church. I'm not going to be here. I'll be at the beach with my family. And I'm not worried about anything, because this church doesn't revolve around me. But here's the reality, guys. Can I, can I just be honest with you guys? For a little bit. My first four weeks at Element. I wanted to quit. I wanted to walk away. Because I came in. Gung ho. Right. Yes. I get to have a kids ministry. And I get to have a youth ministry. And I get to do all these things. But then I got into the offices. And I got my computer in front of me. And I'm like okay. Now I have 40 people to contact every week. I got 40 emails to send out. I got to get everything in the computer. I got to write a message every week. And and, and speak every Wednesday night. And it became so overwhelming to me. That my joy was gone. The same thing that happens To most people in churches today. And then something happened. I love Josh, y'all. I love my pastor. I love my pastor. Josh sat me down and he said, man, I need you to do two things. He said, number one, I need you to write down everything that you do from a Sunday to a Saturday. I said, okay. He said, when it comes to work, not not brushing my teeth or all that stuff, but everything that you do from a Sunday to a Saturday. I said, okay. And then he said, now, I need you to pick out the three things that you're most passionate about. Okay, I can do that. And so I couldn't get it down to three, but I got it down to four. Being a father, 
being a husband, being a communicator, and raising up leaders. Those are my four passions in life and everything that I do. Right? And he said, he said, make everything on this list fit up under one of these categories. And if you can't make it fit up under one of these categories, you need to pass it off. And you need to let somebody else do that for you. And so I did that. And all of a sudden, my joy began to come back. Because while I'm doing this, I'm seeing Jesus in a whole new light. I unplugged. I opened my Bible up. I sat down and I started reading. I started praying. I was like, Jesus, please show me what you've called me to do. Please show me what my heart stirs, like the affections, my affections are stirred for. And he did that. I believe that in this story, the reason that Jesus looked at Martha and said, Mary is doing what's necessary is because before you can understand anything about serving, you got to see Jesus clearly for who he is in your life. The fact that Jesus went to the cross and died for you. The fact that he rose again on the third day and the fact that he gives you life. He shows you mercy. He gives you grace each and every day. And because of who he is, I want everybody that comes in my presence to experience who Jesus is. Because of who he is in my life, because of what he's done in my life, I want him to be the same for everybody who comes through the doors of Element Church. And so I no longer have to come in on a Sunday morning and be frustrated. I no longer have to be out in the parking lot mean mugging or or be lost and not understand what Jesus has called me to do for my life. I can be out there with a smile on my face and I can serve coffee and I can serve donuts with a smile on my face and break out of these huddles and just have conversations with people. How awesome would it be if a first-timer got out of their car and from the time they got out of their car to the time they got back into their car, they saw who Jesus was because of us who serve Him. The same thing that I want is the same thing I want for you guys. I want you guys... I'm not from Woodruff, y'all. I'm not. I'm not. You guys are passionate about Woodruff. If you don't believe me, check out your Facebook. You know you're from Woodruff If has been the big craze over the past two weeks. You know you're from... And then I got in on it, and I was like, you know you're from Jonesville If, but then nobody knew where Jonesville was, and so it kind of got, you know, forgotten. So um, I stopped doing that. But you guys love your city. You guys love... The people in this city, right? How awesome would it be that you invite your friends who don't know Jesus to church? And from the time they get out of their car, they're welcomed with a smile and a conversation. They walk in the door, they have a conversation with somebody with a smile on their face. They go, and they get coffee, and they get donuts, and again, they're getting welcomed with a smile, saying, man, I'm so thankful for you coming and hanging out with us this morning. They go over to E-Kids and check their kids in, and, and the volunteers over there with a smile on their face, having a conversation with the kids, getting them comfortable, letting their guard down. The kids go back there and because volunteers are passionate about where they're serving, because they understand why they serve. 
The kids are back there and they're learning about Jesus on their level. They're learning the Bible story from Luke 4 today about Jesus being tempted and how he overcame that. And they go to a large group and they hear these songs and they start dancing and they start singing and they hear truths about Jesus. And then the parent comes in here. And because they've seen Jesus through people serving from the time they got out of the car to the time they stepped foot in this service, their guard is down and Jesus is coming. Right? Jesus is making his presence known and their guard is down and they're, well, they're more likely to invite him in. And then after the service, we got care volunteers. Care volunteers who are out there and they're ready to have a conversation with somebody because their guard's been let down because they've seen Jesus from the time they got out of the car up until this point. They're able to go in. They're able to have these conversations. They're able to pick up their kids and their kids go, man, this was awesome. They were singing rap songs and we were dancing. Like, it was just an awesome time. Listen, guys, Jesus can make that happen by changing the way that you look at serving. I want that. I want the same joy that's in my heart. I want it for everybody who walks through this door. The same love that I feel from a Savior who died and rose and gave his life for me, I want for everybody who comes through that door. And you guys do too. Keep coming back. If you didn't want what Jesus has to offer, you wouldn't keep coming back. But you do. So after the service, there's going to be two two ways for you to respond to the message. Number one is the care room. I'm, I'm telling you guys. For, for, for the 10% who are serving. It took me sitting down with someone and having a conversation saying, man, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with what is going on. I'm frustrated with, with what is happening. I'm frustrated with the fact that I'm having to do all this stuff. Sit down with a care volunteer. Have a conversation with them. Let them walk you through what it means to sit at the feet of Jesus and serve in response to who he is. Second response is at the next steps table. We're going to have Justin standing out there with cards. If you want to get involved with serving, here's your opportunity. And it's not the fact that we're getting up here from the stage and saying, man, we need you. This is us standing up on the stage saying that the city of Woodruff needs you to show them who Jesus is and what you do each and every week here at church. And you may not know what to do. You may not, you may be comfortable, man. I just, I, I like coming to church. I like showing up. I like sitting in the pew. And that's awesome. But for some of you this morning, you've been coming. This church has been in existence for three years. You've been coming and not one time. Have you served anywhere? I want to challenge you this morning to change that. 
out of a response of who Jesus is in your life. The same love that you have when you come in the doors of this church is the same love that I want this city to have. And it's the same love that you want this city to have. So after the service this morning, go by there. We're going to have a conversation. Maybe you don't know what you want to do. That is awesome. That is awesome. It is okay to not know what you want to do. It is okay. You want to try out kids and then you get back there and you get some snot on you. You're like, this is not for me. Listen, it's okay. We can move you. But for some of you, you've been sitting at the feet of Jesus for years now. And you know exactly who he is in your life and exactly what he's called you to do with your life. It's time for you to get off the sideline and get in the game. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, stir hearts for you right now. Lord, help us to see who you are and what you want us to do in response to that. Not because it's a job, not because we feel obligated to do it because of what you've done, or or we feel like you're going to love us more because we're serving you, but because of who you are in our lives and the love and the joy and the affection and the redemption that we have we want for everyone in this city thank you so much for who you are we love you thank you in your name we pray amen